Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show. We're talking homer picks. We're giving you the breakdown of all the player movement in the offseason. And we're ranking corner infield, first base and third base. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show. Welcome into the Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky. I'm your host, Vince Stover, and I am joined, as I will be all season long, by the senior fantasy baseball, fantasy baseball writer for BellyUpFantasySports.com. <laughs> That's one, a mouthful, Vince. And, uh, only, I'm, I'm just a senior fantasy writer, period. So, yeah, uh, well, whatever I, whatever we're bringing, I'm at the forefront. So, that's right. especially baseball, uh, it's my favorite sport. And uh, I'm starting to get jazzed up, as uh, I'm sure you're aware. Baseball in the college ranks is underway. It and is. Uh, the, uh, the spring training is now open. The first game of spring training is this week. So it's time to get get really, really excited about baseball. Because remember last year, we were sitting here going, well, are we ever going to play baseball? Right. And so we don't have that worry this year. So if you're into baseball, fantasy baseball, 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 here's where you should be. You came to the right spot for sure. Absolutely. Uh, EKU right behind me here. Two and one to start off the season in baseball. They traveled down to Alabama and uh, looking good early. They got another game tomorrow. Home opener is on Tuesday. Uh, Here in Kentucky on Tuesday, it's supposed to be uh, mid-50s, so it's going to be okay for them. Okay. Uh, Never know how it's going to turn out in late February, but that's where we're at (laughs) this this time around. You know, Kev, I need to have on uh, Coach Prothrow sometime. We'll bring him on this show. Absolutely. Um, He's a great, great conversation. He knows his stuff. Of course, as well. But we do want to say hello to our live viewers watching us on the Sports Stove YouTube page and on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. And all those that are listening later via the podcast found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show this season. Okay. And we do want to encourage people to always go visit BellyUpFantasySports.com for the latest articles advice, opinions, all those kinds of things. Kevin, what's the last article you posted? 
the last one that I did, uh, we, uh, we, we, on the last show, we, we ranked our catchers. And so uh, I went ahead and wrote an article about the catchers that, you know, that I had first to 10. And then I wrote another article about the value catchers, which was a lot shorter article. And so uh, as we talked about, if you're in a fantasy baseball and you're always like catchers, why do we need them? (laughs) It's a, it's a deep position this year, as we talked about on our show. And so, uh, so the last article I had were, uh, uh, you know, sleeper picks, maybe not sleeper, but value, but value picks. And there are some. Yeah. And so, uh, so, you know, I've, I've done some drafts and I've seen some of those guys are way back in like 13th, 14th, 15th round. Oh yeah. So if you want to catch your waiting around might be the year to do it. This might be that year. It very well could be. I posted an article this week, uh, part one of a three part series, the fantasy shallows, uh, looking at questions that aren't very deep. So we looked at third base uh, this week. You can find that again on both mine and Kevin's articles on bellyupfantasysports.com. And uh, then this this coming week, my plan is to get another another part two of that out. Um, okay. But I'll be I'm traveling to a basketball tournament this weekend, so we'll see how it works out. But nonetheless, all right, Kev, we're going to get into our first uh, segment of the day. We call this our fantasy burner. <laughs> All right, for our fantasy burner, this is going to be each episode will open with this one just relatively quick uh, fantasy topic we want to hit on each week. And this week, we've decided to go with our homer pick. So this is somebody on your favorite team that you might be willing to reach for draft way above their value because you got to have them on your team. Um, You're not as much of a homer baseball fantasy player as I am. Um, you, you tend to think more strategically, you got to win your league. I like having guys I like on my team. Uh, and so, so I definitely do this. I'll reach, I'll always reach for somebody. Um, but, uh, let's talk about that here in our first segment, the fantasy burner segment. So Kevin, now I can't remember which team you're cheering for these days. No, I'm just kidding. I like to give Kevin a hard time because he lives in Texas and he has a Rangers jersey. Uh, I do. got a Rangers jersey. I got a Cubs jersey. I got a... Uh, Brewers, I got uh, Mets. Wow. Uh, Angels, Padres. So, yes, when I go to a stadium, and I've been to a lot of baseball stadiums in my life. And so I like to come away with some kind of souvenir. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, it always comes back to the Dodgers back for me. Dodgers. Back to the Dodgers. Now, I've been a fan of theirs since they went to the World Series way back when I was in high school. And uh, so. In 1913, I don't remember when that was. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been like the year that they, uh, you know, they they took up the name Dodgers, you know, and, yeah. and they used to be you know, a bunch of other names, but the Dodgers sure. came on real early on. But uh, I don't think I go quite back that far. All right, so the Dodgers had a pretty big transformation of their roster this year. They did. Um, and, uh, they were star studded last year. They still are relatively star studded this year. But who's your homer pick? Who's the guy on the Dodgers you got to have that you're willing to take before uh, in, a, in a position above what he's rated? Well, I, it's it's kind of difficult because I'm I'm a little more down on the Dodger players this year because they pretty much it's the quietest offseason I think the Dodgers have probably ever had. And so and why they, is that, Kevin? Because the guys want to do much. Yeah, that's right. 
next year Shohei Otani. That's why. That's, right. that's why it's like this year. So, you know, and, and they said goodbye to Trey Turner and guys like that. And uh, and so the guy that that nobody's talked about, and, and it's a good reason why they're not talking about him, is the guy that they actually did trade for, and that's Miguel Rojas. Okay. The shortstop. They brought him back to the Dodgers. He started off. I, I didn't even know that till I did some research into him. He started on the Dodgers, went to the Mets way back in 2015, but he comes back. And uh, there's no reason when you look at this guy that you're like, I have to have him. And because uh, he, he, he doesn't have uh, a, a really big bat. Uh, he's got uh, he's got a glove, though. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to keep him in that lineup. And he's going from Miami, which, right. you know, they've, ha- they've got some good young players down there, but they don't have the Dodgers lineup. And so he's going to be in a much better lineup this year. He is a guy that doesn't strike out much. And, and as you know, we're in a points league. And, and the guys that strike out, that's a negative point each and every time. Right. But he only struck out 61 times and some 470 at-bats last year and so if he's i'm not saying you're going to take him early right or, right we're talking li- late yeah. you'll probably be sitting there going why would i want that guy <laughs> and so that's when i swoop in and pick him up because he's going to play 140 150 games and he's going to be in the lineup every day as i said and uh i think that if if he could just put you know the ball on the you know bat on the ball he he's going to be a, you know, a, a serviceable shortstop yeah and so that's that is my homer pick and uh i was like i was looking at the dodger lamb i'm like man who am i gonna go with right here <laughs> and uh and so it was either uh was gonna be noah Cindergard, which mm-hmm. is a guy we talk about as well but uh i decided rojas is the man and uh he's my homer pick for 2023 I like it. Now I'm a Brewers fan, um, and I try to get several Brewers on my team. I'll, I'll tell you now, and so you can steal them from me in our draft in a month. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to get Willie Adamas on my team. Um, There's every reason to get him. Yes. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go around where he's ranked, uh, where he's rated at. You know, he, he's going to he's he's properly uh, ranked right now. Um, but that's not that's not the pick for me. For me, it's Christian Yelich. I look at Yelich and I go, listen, this guy is a former MVP. Yeah. Um, the shift is gone, which could help that's him right. a little bit this year. And I just gotta believe something's gonna click. And um, and and I'm I'm banking on that. Last year I took him early, and this year I'm gonna take him early again. And every time I draft him, people are gonna go, ha ha ha, Homer. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm okay with that. I can, I can live with that because he is a former MVP and, uh, and I'll take him and take a shot. This is probably the last year. If he doesn't produce this year, then I'm going to stop reaching for him. You know, there's guys like Rowdy Telez who are going to be valued at a certain level yeah, we, this year. Um, yeah, we talked about him a little bit on our last show. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's, there's some outfielders, young outfielders. They got prospects that are coming up this year that could be worth investing in too. But for me, the guy I'm going to reach for is Yelich. The other guys I'm going to take if they're there and I don't and I need that position, I could look at taking them later on. But um, you know, I'll I'll try to take the pitchers early. But again, where they're ranked, Willie Adam, right. where he's ranked, Yelich is the guy I reach for because um, I didn't reach for him in a league last year because I figured, oh, nobody's going to want him. 
<laughs> I was wrong. Somebody picked up yeah. two picks before me, and I was like, no. So, uh, and he wouldn't trade before. I tried all season long to trade him, and he wouldn't trade before him. So, so there you go. Our homer picks this year, uh, taken for what they are. Everybody's got them. Everybody's got a guy they just they just want on their team. They don't care that they're they're paying a little too much for him. They want them on their team. And most of the time that comes with somebody from your favorite team, but sometimes it comes from other. Yeah. Uh, other if you, teams. Uh, if you remember from last year, I was all Gaga over uh, Marte over yeah. there with, yeah. with the, with the Mets. Yep. And I actually did get him. You did. And uh, he turned out to have a good season and uh, wasn't great, but, but we're, but it was we're probably, we're probably not going to talk about Yadi or Molina though. No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're not going to talk about him. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so. Yeah, if you believe in a guy, yeah, go get him. That's all the more reason that you need to take somebody, and 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 not worry about uh, who's going to make fun of you. Right. And uh, just like last year, I forget that he took uh, Bieber in the first round. Yeah. yeah. And I immediately started needling him right from yeah. the very start. But uh, um, and that's the kind of thing. If you're going to do something like that, you have to be prepared to get needled. Yeah, and that, you know, and if you're prepared for that, and you take your make your pick, and it works, great. If it doesn't, well, then you probably get more needling. And uh, but if you believe in a guy, that's all the more reason you need. A hundred percent. All right, that's our fantasy burner this week. It's time for segment number two, and that is our call to the pin. All right, our call to the pin. Uh, is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon is partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. Visit RighteousJerky.com. Use the promo code, excuse me, Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. And joining us today for our call to the pin is the reigning fantasy baseball <laughs> champion of the world, Dan D'Amico, head of Belly Up's baseball department. Dan, it's been a long time, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Thank you guys for having me on. And it's good to see you. And, uh, you know... We were talking before we came on air that you, you haven't had a chance to crow at all and uh, <laughs> about, you know, because you won the championship, the initial championship of our league. You took took down Vince, who took me down. And, uh, and I'm sorry, I, Kim, I, I didn't I, hear I you. Was that? To Vince, you know, talk about this. So ever, ever since it happened back in September. So if you want to crow a little bit and, and talk about how you took down Vince, I'm all for it. I mean, uh, the only thing I could say is just imagine if I had gotten Reese Hoskins in the draft when <laughs> when ESPN decided to crash when we were doing our drafts right. live. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Hoskins, uh, you ended up with um, Cody Bellinger. Cody we Bellinger. don't have to go Bellinger back and, and, and count points. joke all of last year. Yeah. And so uh, that's a great one. That's a great one. Uh yeah. So we ring on Dan. Dan, again, he's the head of Belly Up's baseball department on bellyupsports.com, uh, where you can find information there, uh, see, see stuff from Dan. And we brought Dan on today because we want to talk about some player movement in the offseason. we got to start with your guys in Philadelphia. Uh, Landon, I think the best player of the offseason in Trey Turner, 
and what that adds to that team in Philadelphia. That team had a strong lineup last year. Um, my question is still with the bullpen, but let's talk about the good things with Philadelphia first. Adding Trey Turner is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and he's arguably one of the he's one of the last true leadoff hitters left in baseball. Guy that'll get on base a lot, steal you a good amount of bags. But then he hits 20 home runs just for fun. Could hit more, move into a more hitter-friendly ballpark in Philadelphia. And at first, early in the season, he'll offset the loss of Bryce Harper as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. But he also allows Rob Thompson to move Kyle Schwarber down in the lineup and maybe get more RBIs, which is crazy considering he he almost had he had 94 last year on a on an NL leading 46 home runs and it just gives him a little more flexibility with the lineup to to do as he pleases and we, we saw last year that Rob Thompson can can build a lineup he knows where, where to put guys and and where guys are comfortable so Trey Turner just gives him another option that a guy that can hit anywhere from one to three on any given night and uh, your pitching staff, starting pitching, looks pretty solid coming into the season. Uh, do they do enough in the bullpen? It'll depend a lot. If Keg, if Craig Kimbrell looks like the, the Craig Kimbrell that will yeah, they could, argue, they could go to the Hall of Fame one day. In that, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. not hoping for much, but if Kimbrell can give you a decent, a de- decent amount of – of production from the bullpen, uh, it's going to look good. You know, Gregory Soto. Gregory he, Soto is the guy that I think that you need to take a look at because he's a he's he's a good player, and uh, he played for De- Detroit, and it's he had eleven losses. Yeah, right? he is. It's almost impossible is, for a reliever to lose that many games, <laughs> and uh, but playing for Detroit, as we said. Is it that's a problem? He doesn't have that issue this year. Yeah, the, the so, Tigers did him no favors, and no. he didn't do himself any favors. You know, he is he's wild. He's kind of like Jose Alvarado. Mm. But and so there are going to be nights where you know Alvarado comes in, walks two guys. Gregory Soto tries to come in and clean up his mess and walks three guys, and they're going to be those nights. But as you saw down the stretch, Jose Alvarado was able to rein his stuff in, be a really good piece out of the bullpen during the playoffs. So the hope for the Phillies is that they can get Soto's walks in check enough to where his 100-mile-an-hour sinker and wipeout slider give them the two of the best lefty relievers in the entire sport. They certainly have the hardest-throwing lefties, I think 70% of the fastballs over 100 miles an hour from left-handed relievers wow. are now in the Phillies' bullpen in Alvarado and Soto. So if they work out them and Matt Strom, who they picked up from – he was on the Red Sox last year, give them three quality lefties that can really give opposing hitters trouble. That's three more quality lefties than a lot of teams have in their bullpen. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fan graphs right now, you know, they they – predict who's going to be in what order and all that kind of stuff. And they have no idea for Philadelphia. They've got Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Craig Kimbrell, Gregory Soto, all listed as closer right now, uh, which just means that they have no clue who's going to be the closer. Usually they have a decent idea what's going to happen. And uh, that job's wide open, it seems like right now. How do you feel about Dominguez? 
Well, Dominguez did exactly what you wanted him to do. He missed a couple seasons with elbow problems, but he came back and showed exactly what he showed back in 2018 when he was a rookie, a electric fastball with good breaking pitches. And he's just another guy that can get saves. And it seems like everyone in the bullpen saying the right thing. It doesn't matter when I pitch. I just want to go and do my job. Obviously, we know Craig Kimbrell's had problems in the eighth inning before when he went to the White Sox and had a 10 ERA or so pitching in the eighth inning. But the bullpen's changing a lot. The traditional closer is going by the wayside. And most traditional closers are there because they're just better than everyone, all the other relievers on their team. With the Phillies, we I mean, we've mentioned five guys now that have experience at least at some level closing games and and coming in and being the closer. And that just gives Rob Thompson, again, a lot of wiggle room and a A lot of time in the spring train to work all this out. Yeah, a lot of time to to figure out how he wants to piece together uh, the bullpen. And he he did a great job of it last year down the stretch and in the playoffs. And now he has more weapons to do it. So if if everyone can stay healthy, everyone can be effective, obviously with bullpens, that is nowhere near a guarantee. But the Phillies are lined up, I think, better than most in the bullpen. They've got seven of their eight spots basically locked down before spring training games start. And that's a rarity nowadays in the bullpen. Yeah. Because I'm a, as you know, I'm, I'm in Texas Rangers territory down here, and I guarantee you they don't have seven out of their eight bullpen, you know, locked down. So uh, I think Philadelphia is going to be, you know, just fine. Yeah. Another team that's loaded is San Diego. Last year in August, they traded and got Juan Soto. This year, they go out and sign Xander Bogarts to add to that team. Tatis, uh, he's eligible to return in April from his suspension. Um, they're ready to go for the season. When he comes back, he'll probably play either outfield or designated hitter. Um, and then you look at the pitching staff for San Diego, too. They added Michael Walker, and they brought in Josh Hader last year, you know, towards the end of the season there as well. And at first, he didn't look good, but then he started to look a little bit more himself. And he had a lot of stuff going on in his home life. But he had a kid that was sick, I believe, and a lot of things happening. So now he's got a full off season to be ready to go and and maybe return back to form there too. But San Diego's addition of Xander Bogarts, how how'd you feel about that one? The rich get richer. Right. I mean, you, you, you we, know, we're talking about you're talking about the Padres. We have not talked about the Padres rich getting richer, right? Ever not recently? Yeah. We've never right. never talked never. about the Padres this way. That's right. But they've made all these moves, and uh, and and they're the team to beat. Sorry to say for my Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, ta- we, we're talking about the two teams that played in the National League Championship Series last year, signing arguably the two best shortstops on the market. Yep. And the Padres already had a superstar shortstop. <laughs> so the, the Padres have so much talent acquired. They have so much money invested in the team. And it, it's it's exactly what you want to see. From baseball teams, you want to see them go and do whatever it takes to win. As much as I don't like the Mets being really good, it's good for baseball that 
Steve Cohen is there spending all the money in the world, building a really good team. That's that that's what keeps the sport interesting. You want to see good teams. Yeah. And the thing about baseball is that unlike basketball, where you see these super teams go back to the the NBA finals every year, baseball, you can have, you know, the Dodgers have had the best team in baseball since 2017. They've won one World Series and lost, what, I think, two more. And they they're not there every year. Mm-hmm. They're in the playoffs, right. but the, but they're, you know, they're the modern day version of the Yankees, right? Yeah, so they've the, been. But the difference between them and the and the Yankees, they didn't care about any of their their guys in their minor leagues. The Dodgers actually do have Dodgers a have pretty a big, good minor league operation, yeah. and you would expect that from a guy who came over from Tampa. And so that's one of the reasons why, as we were talking earlier, why the Dodgers didn't make all these moves. Yeah. Because they've got talent down there on the farm. And so it's just going to – I don't know if they're going to step in right away and there's going to be no Trey Turners coming up from the minor leagues, of course. But uh, that's that's where they are different from the Yankees of old. Yeah. Dan, you mentioned the Mets, and of course, they made a huge signing this offseason, too, bringing in Omar Did Narvaez. They make like 26 of them? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. No, no, no. Not not Narvaez. Sorry. Justin Verlander, a pitcher. Uh, they bring him, him in. Hey, Narvaez is a, not a bad signing, but nothing compared to Justin Verlander. They got uh, the old men in, in pitching for him. Verlander, Scherzer uh, in there. Uh, even uh, Senga is 30. Uh, Carrasco, 35. Quintana, 34. Um, they got an old staff there, but Verlander and Scherzer should be two of the best pitchers in the league again this year. That's the expectation at the very least. Um, did the Mets do enough this offseason to be where they need to be? Yes, and who <laughs> knows? We'll have to find out. I, right. If, you know, we fast forward to October and the Mets are in the World Series, I don't think any of us will be really that surprised. Right. But again, we fast forward and they finish third in the division. It's not going to be that surprising right. either. You know, all these old guys that you just talked about, they could be entered by July. Yeah. yeah. Justin Verlander showed last year that he, he certainly looked fine coming back from Tommy John surgery. Max Scherzer has been mostly durable. He's had a little bit, some less serious yeah, just, arm uh, problems. Don't bring him in out of the bullpen. The yeah, don't do that. Them. And yeah, yeah they, the Dodgers, that was an expensive lesson the Dodgers had to learn. And apparently, don't take him out either. Because I remember a couple of years ago, he was complaining that he wasn't pitching enough and that was making his arm hurt, which I'll never understand that. <laughs> but the, the Mets have gone all in on older pitchers. It could work out great. They could get the Verlander of last year that, when, that won a Cy Young. They could get the Max Scherzer that continues to pitch well now at age 38. Jose Quintana's no home run. You know, he was great last year for the Pirates. And then he got traded to the Cardinals. Looked good down the stretch. He wasn't crazy, but there was a lot of time in between his breakout with the White Sox and last year. (laughs) There was a lot of bad in between. And it didn't work out so well over there, so. And Senga looks good. Reports are that his ghost pitch that people are calling it looks unhittable in early bullpens, but he's unproven. So they've got 
somewhat certainty at the top with Verlander and Scherzer if they stay healthy. And then they've got some question marks behind them. Then if they have a very wide range of outcomes that you can really see happening for the Mets. And that, that makes them a very interesting team to say the least for the 2023 season. And they even brought in, they, I think they traded for Eliezer um, Hernandez from Miami that currently is listed as a bullpen guy, but he'd be a long reliever. He could win a starting job as well. And they bring in David Robbins, Robertson, who's old also. He's 37. That's um, right. He but, for you guys last year. And uh, yeah. So. And you add him to the bullpen right? to help set up Edwin Diaz, who turned out to be one of the best closers in the league uh, <laughs> yes, last year. We'll get the closers in several weeks from now, but um, you got that going on too. So it's an interesting team. It's one of those in my opinion, one of those situations where it's like, it better work because if it doesn't work this year, it's probably for sure not going to work next year. So it's not going to get better. Correct. That, that's for sure. <laughs> Correct. Um, a team I love, uh, their offseason was Toronto. Uh, they got rid of Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Griel. They brought in Dalton Varsho in that trade with Arizona. They also went out and signed Chris Bassett, um, which I think is a solid addition for them uh, there too. Toronto's a team who's in They've just been short of what the expectation has been the last couple of years, but they're trying hard to fix that. Uh, do you like what Toronto did this offseason? You know, I was lower on Dalton Varsho last year than I think both of you were, and yeah, he you're way wrong. lower than because I had him on my on, on my other team. He wasn't on the league that we're in, but I had him. I was quite happy to have him, <laughs> and uh, he's a guy that uh, I think I was higher on him in our rankings than you were. Yeah, Vince, but uh, he's that left-handed hitter in that pretty much all you needed to do was have a right-handed pitcher to come in and face Toronto, and that's all you needed. And so, but they've got him now, and he's a left-handed guy. They moved in the fences a little bit over there in Toronto. So I am ab absolutely high on, on him coming into this year. Yeah, he's he fits perfectly in their lineup. He, you know, he becomes the lefty bat they were hoping Kevin Biggio would be mm -hmm. uh, at the top, somewhere near the top or middle of their order to, to balance out all the righties they have. And, you know, they're in a tough division. You know, you kind of it. it the AL East is one of these divisions where you don't really know who's going to be on top. The Red Sox definitely are not. If we, we, know, right. we can say yeah. that. And the or, Orioles or probably will not. not. But the, the the Blue Jays obviously have a whole bunch of talent. They've got Alec Manoa, who's a great starting pitcher. They've and got Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, minus uh, Shohei Otani being an alien, would have won MVP in, in 2021. And they've got Bo Bichette, who is, should, should be an all-star this year. They've got George Springer, who's won a World Series. He's an he's all-star. He's great out there in center field. They've got all this talent. They've just never really been able to put it all together and become that super top-level team in the American League you, you're expecting them to be. Obviously, you have to go through the Yankees again, but with playing less games against the, uh, the AL East could probably help them this year. And, you know, if the pitching can, can come together, if the bullpen can come together, the lineup will be there and will be a top half, top 10 lineup most likely in the league. It's just a matter of who they draw when they most likely get to the playoffs and 
can they win the division? Can they beat out the Yankees for the division and maybe get a a more mid-level team in the first round? You make well, a great last point. year with the Mariners, and that didn't work out so well for them. Yeah, you make a great point, Dan. That the schedule, how the schedule's changing. That that's benefits. right. We didn't talk about that last. No, year. They, that they the somebody like Toronto. So for that sure. every team plays every other team. Yeah, in a single year, that's never been the case before. Toronto added three bats this offseason, all of them left-handers. Um, Varsho, Brandon Belt, Kevin Kiermeyer all come over uh, there as well. We're almost out of time, so we got to have time to get to our, our rankings. But um, I want to bring up the Rangers because they bring in Evaldi, Andrew Haney, Jacob DeGrom. Of course, DeGrom's already injured. Right. I'm sure you all saw that last <laughs> week. And, uh, well, he's he's got some tenderness in his left side. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. okay. So do all fantasy owners of Jackie yeah, Drum. Day, 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 day one of camp. Day one. We haven't even got past day one, and he's got tenderness in his left side. So it's a long plane trip, you know? I mean, but 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 if it was the regular season, he'd pitch through it. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you no would. one believed you. But the Rangers, right? They made some some good additions last year um with with uh, their middle infielders. And now they went for pitching here in this offseason. So how long till the Rangers start being relevant? Well, for the Rangers' sake, it needs to be next year. Yeah. Because kind of like the Mets, the pitching is not going to get better. You know, Jacob deGrom signed a five-year deal. If they get <laughs> two and a half years worth of quality out of Jacob deGrom, I think they'd be fortunate. Sure. You know, Nathan Ivaldi has had his moments. He's not young, and he's not the most durable guy in the world. Andrew Heaney was great last year, but he's never been a real top half, top level he's, starter. He's never been a guy that you say, you know, here, he's my ace, here's the ball, go get him. Right. Yeah, you know, John Gray has had his moments oh, in Colorado, but hey, hey, we do not talk special. about John Gray on this show. <laughs> yeah, so, Martin Perez was so, good. Uh, Martin Perez was really good last year, but is there anything he, you know, he can only take a step back, can he? He can't. Yeah, like how, is last year going to become the new normal for Martin Perez? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. And you know, there's good. Pitching in the, in the pipeline, you know, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, former Vandal, Vanderbilt pitchers. Mm -hmm. You hope both of them can come up and this year so, or right. next. That would that's the key for their whole Rangers outfit: throw strikes, and then for the hitters to hit the strike. Yeah, that's the yeah. key on both sides of the. You know, yeah, I think that's those are good keys for every team. Throw <laughs> right. strikes and but, hit the strikes know, that are thrown. The you. Rangers, I, I think I was reading that 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 they 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 walked more guys as a staff. They struck out more, you know, as a, as, as hitters. They yeah. they were terrible in both of those areas a year ago. And that's so, Pittsburgh Park, right? And they're still trying to figure that out because. You know the it's it's more of a pitcher's park than the last one they were in because that was you know the hitters park supreme yeah. over there, and uh, so we're, we'll see what happens with 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 because the Rangers, you know every other team has has you know the Dodgers have played playoff games there the Braves have played you know playoff <laughs> games yeah and, and the Rangers 
have not. Not so much. And so they've got a roof, and I think that changes the whole you know, complexion of the game. When it's closed, it's one way. When it's open, it's a completely different environment in there. So there, well, there's a lot more people we could talk about. We don't have time for it tonight, but Jose Abreu goes to Houston. Uh, Sean Manea and I'm San sure we'll Francisco. talk about him in a minute. Man. Rodon to New York. Um, Segura to Miami. Uh, Dan, here's what I want to close with, though. Give me just 30 seconds on Luis Reyes, Pablo Lopez trade. Who won that trade? Yeah. What do you like out of it? I'd be really interested to hear what you had to say about this. I think the Twins won it. Uh, Pablo Lopez will make more of an impact for the Twins than Luis Arias will make for the Marlins. Doesn't really matter who you think the better player is. Right. Pablo Lopez has a chance to be a de facto ace for the Twins who have needed one for a long time. And Luis Arias, while he's going to hit, you know, 340 again this year, probably. I don't think that really changes the outcome for the Marlins. They're stuck in a lot. You know, he's in a lot less, you know, good hitting lineup than he just came from. Yeah. He can get base hits and be left, you know, at second base. Yeah. He's going to be standing on first a lot and then jogging back to the dugout after the guys behind him make, make three outs quickly. (laughs) I like that breakdown. That's a good one. it, It doesn't help that the Marlins are stuck in a division with arguably the three best teams in the national league. Even yep. though they're going to see him less, that's that's not going to be a Still, fun time for the Marlins. You know, three teams you have to play them, and that's probably what 10, 12, 14 10, games, 12 games a piece. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yep. those are those so, are thirty to thirty six games. They are not looking forward to. Right. Well, he's Dan D'Amico. He's the champion of our ba- fantasy baseball league. He'll try to defend it again this year. You could get him right. on Twitter. Yeah. At he Dan knows both D'Amico. of us are coming, Vince, for him. Yes, so. he does. Yes, he does. Uh, you can also find him on bellyupsports.com. We'll have him on again throughout the season. Dan, uh, thank you so much for, for the time tonight. Good to see you again. Congrats on That's the right. victory last year, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. By the way, Kevin, I'm still waiting for the trophy in the mail. I don't know if you sent it, but I am expecting one. Okay, so it might take a little bit, and uh, so you know, cause... let me talk to Mike. We'll we'll get you a trophy. We'll no. figure. It out. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, see you, Dan. <laughs> All right, that's our call to the pin with Dan D'Amico of belly up sports all right it's time to get to our final segment of the day the one you've all been waiting for fantasy focus welcome back in we are here for fantasy focus presented by bellyupfantasysports.com where you can get all the latest and greatest fantasy not just baseball but basketball hockey football and more uh right there on bellyupfantasysports.com. Today we are breaking down or ranking first base and third base. And Kev, we're going to start with first base. I'm going to pull up both of our rankings here. We're going to try to do it a different way than we did last week to make it go a little bit quicker. Uh, But I I told you this, uh, you hadn't seen my rankings yet, but we got the same top seven in the first base. Uh, And we actually have eight of the same 10 uh, here as well. We both have Vlad Guerrero second, but we have a different number one. So I've got Freddie Freeman, who you've got fourth. You have Paul Goldschmidt, who I have third. Uh, so what's your thinking? I mean, Goldschmidt had a phenomenal year last year. So give me your thoughts well, on Paul Goldschmidt. Well, you know, when, when it comes to fantasy, I think about value 
also mm-hmm. when when we're talking about our picks and even though Paul Goldschmidt is a defending National League most valuable player I was looking at some of the rankings and and they've got him sometimes outside the top five yeah. at first baseman and that I just don't understand whatsoever you could get this guy if that holds a little bit later in the draft but uh, don't wait too long. As I was saying before we came live, I was doing some mock drafts, and all the guys from first and third are worth anything are gone by the fifth round. But if you're waiting for a guy that will give you value at first, Paul Goldschmidt is, in fact, that guy for me. And uh, he's still got a quality lineup around him. He's still got Nolan Arenado over there, and now he's got Wilson Contreras in the lineup. And so they've got some hitters. And uh, he's going to put together the stats. And the reason why I I didn't I, – I was like, well, should I put Vladimir Guerrero number one? But I did not do that because I think he took a step back a year ago from what he did the year you know prior to that. And so he's going to have to step back to where he was. And he, he it's very it, – it's not outside the realm of possibility. He's number one at the end of the year. Sure. And – and so, uh, and uh, Pete Alonzo, I've got him number three because the dudes can hit 40 home runs. He's going to be in, in, a, in a great lineup this year. And uh, so I've got him at number three. Freddie Freeman, I have him down at number four, even though you have him at number one. I don't well, think the Dodgers lineup is as intimidating as it was a year ago. I and can he's agree a little with older. That. Yeah. And so that's why I have him at number four. I think Freddie, to me, he's just been the most consistent guy out of all of them. I wanted right. to put Vlad number one. If I was drafting and I was sitting there bottom of the first round, uh, maybe if I was even in that swing spot at the end of the first, end of the second, you know, I would probably draft Vlad first just because he's the sexier pick, more fun. Um, and I've never had Vlad in any league because everybody he always is. gets taken That's higher than, than I'm willing to take him. So I probably would rather have Vlad Guerrero. And we just talked about Toronto's lineup has has influxed a couple left-handers in there. Um, they should be a little bit better this year, too. Uh, but to me, Freddie Freeman, I just couldn't talk myself out of putting him number one. I think the top three guys here are the top tier. For me, Goldschmidt, Freeman, and Guerrero. If I can weigh with one of those guys, I feel like I've won. Um, personally, I don't mind waiting on first-rounders. I think that you can get pretty good value late in the draft with first rounders and their guys that you can pick up throughout the season. Um, I, to me, first base is one of the easiest spots to waiver claim uh, throughout the year. Cause you always have a, a Josh bell or a Christian Walker seems to be on. We will talk about him in a minute, uh, but he seems to be on waivers a lot. Those kind of guys that you can add throughout the season. But for me, it's those three guys. And then Matt Olson and Pete Alonzo, the round out my top five. Olson's a guy I, Probably I'm not going to draft Olsen. Um, I think he he could have a little bit more of a drop-off this year, but he's still going to be a, one of the top first basemen. I'm just not sure if he's a guy that I'm excited to have on my team. Alonzo's a guy I would like to have on my team, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, top five is great in any position. If he's right. in the top five at the end of the year, good for him. The Mets are one of those teams, though, where it's like, man, they should be good, but we've been saying that for a while, and they've been okay. I mean, they've been fine, but Alonzo scares me a little bit <laughs> too. Both Olsen and Alonzo scare me. And so that's why I've got them at four and five. How about you with Olsen? What's your thoughts on it? You got them five. So what's your thoughts okay. on 
I I I like Matt Olson, especially in that lineup in Atlanta. And uh he he's younger than than uh Freeman is. Yeah. And uh and and so I I would wind up with Matt Olson and be pretty pretty happy with that. And so uh you know once we get past we could we could throw uh Jose Abreu. I know you've got him one less rank right. than I have him, but uh you know when it comes to Jose Abreu, he's stepping into that awesome Houston lineup down there. Yeah. And so it may not be too much longer before he steps off the mountainside, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah. So I'm willing right. to take a chance on him. Yeah. If I get him a little bit later in the draft, I'm happy with that. And so uh, that's why I have him at number six. Yeah. And that's, uh, to me, Abreu and Pasquantino – I have them in the same category. Like to me, they're the same as far as if I get, I'm going to draft them in the same area of the draft. If one of them has gone, I'll take the other one, whatever it may be. I always tend to lean towards the younger guy just because I feel like the ceiling's higher versus the older guy. Abreu is obviously really, really good. Um, for whatever reason, most Houston guys, I always kind of knock down a bit. And I don't know why that is. We'll talk about that when we get to third base and Alex yeah, Bregman. Sure but there's a guy over there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but to me, Pasquantino and Abreu, if they end up on my team, I'm going to be okay with that. If they're even if they're my first first baseman, I can live with both of those guys. They're just to me, they're a tier below those other five. Now, right. how do you tier it with these top seven? Do you have five guys and then a drop off, or do you I have the drop off earlier? I pretty much have seven guys. Okay. So at the end of Vinny Pasquantino, I know I was struggling, you know, with his name last time, but uh, he's a young guy, and uh, he's a left-handed hitter, I believe, and so that's going to help him. And uh, Kansas City's lineup is the only thing that gives me pause with him. But then sure. after, I think he's going to be fine. And after that, I think we take a big step down. Massive. And, Massive step down, and that's why we've got through you know these different guys down here on eight, nine, and ten. Start and, with uh, start with Christian Walker because we both have him in our top ten. I've got him nine, okay. you've got him ten. Um, okay. but start with him because he keeps on getting undervalued. He, he, uh, he's right? very undervalued, and he is in a, in a lineup that's going to be a lot better this year. I was watching uh, MLB TV a little bit ago, and they were talking about the top rookies from last year. And three of the top five rookies in the NL West all came from Arizona. Yeah. And so they're going to have a young lineup that's going to be a lot better lineup. And he's got 30 home run potential. Well, yeah, he's actually, I believe he's actually done that. Yeah. And so if there was a guy that you could talk me into moving him up in this ranking, you wouldn't have to do that very hard. And so, um, I, I wanted to leave him out and make him my sleeper. And I just couldn't keep him out of the top 10. No, I couldn't. I, I was, I was kicking it around the same as yeah. you. And, uh, I was like, man, look at this lineup. And, uh, I, I think it's going to be a pretty, you know, excellent lineup up there. And, you know, it's these young guys like, you know, Carol Corbin and guys like that come and Jake McCarthy and guys like that step up. Yeah. They're going to have a decent lineup. And so he's a guy that, uh, that I could wind up with and I would be pretty happy with that. And, uh, so 
I, I have him there, and I'm sure the guy that you really want to talk about is C.J. Crone. And uh, the reason why I have it number eight is because he plays in Colorado, and that was what elevated him in my in my my rankings. Because anytime you can get a guy that plays in Colorado, you you know you might want to take a look at that, even though on the road, it's not so good. But uh, C.J. Crone, this is a guy that hit 40 home runs for you. And so that's why I have him at number eight. So the only Rocky that I will have on my team this year, if I have any, right. is Chris Bryant. The only one. Okay. The only one I'll have. Okay. I'm not um, surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. CJ Crone, he's my bust. I'll say it now. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% out on CJ Crone. Having said that, that doesn't mean I'll never roster the guy. If he's available as a waiver wire pickup and he's going to be at home for the week that I need him, Sure, I might pick him up, um, but overall, I'm out on C.J. Crone. I love Nathaniel Lowe. I almost had him in my top 10. Uh, he's probably number 11 on my list. Um, he's I a left-handed hitter as well, so that's yeah. why I moved him up. As we talked about in our episode before, left-handed hitters all get a boost this year. Yeah. And so you might be, you know, when you talk about Freddie Freeman, because of those top four guys, he's the only left-handed hitter. True. Out of that group, so you might be correct about that just simply because he's a left-hand hitter, and I think the same thing you could say about Nathaniel Lowe, and he was a guy that uh, nobody wanted at the beginning of the year, and then the All-Star Everybody. game came around, and afterwards, and he was just <laughs> absolutely he couldn't be stopped. Yeah, and so right. I think that continues, and he's a guy that's got dirty home run potential hitting. He's going to hit right in the middle of that lineup. He's got Simeon and Seeger and and uh, guys like Garcia and all that. So he's going to have plenty of opportunities to drive in some runs. So I'm looking for some big things out of him. I went with Luis Arias. He's first base eligible in the SBN leagues. Uh, so I put him up there at eight. I got Reese Hoskins at 10. I was fighting between Lowe and Hoskins at 10. I don't love Hoskins, but again, they've got, they've got such a great lineup in Philadelphia. I just feel like he's a, he's a I think pretty much anybody in Philadelphia you can you can get some value out of because of what they've got going on around him as well. And Hoskins right. isn't bad. That's he's just why not as good as he thought he would be. I you know as I told you he's my bus candidate for this year. Mm-hmm. And you know he was in that lineup. You talked about it. And any guy that uh, has 169 strikeouts, <laughs> all right, he has one season over 90 RBIs. One. In his major league career, yeah, and uh, I just think he, he can't hit the ball. When he does hit it, it goes you know 490 feet or whatever. But <laughs> he doesn't do that enough for me, especially in in points. Yeah, he's going to strike out way too much for to to justify him being on the roster. Who's your sleeper pick for first base? My sleeper pick, and um, is Andrew Vaughn. I like it. Andrew Vaughn over there, I've heard a lot of negative things about him, but he's going to take over now that, that Abreu is in Houston. Yeah, He's first base and outfield qualified. And so I I, I value guys that have multi-position capability. And uh, he's a guy, you know, he's he's been around for a couple of years now, and you know what he is. And uh, he's a guy that you could take way later in the draft. And so have them on your, you know, put them on, 
put them in your lineup if you want, have them on your bench, but be ready to put them in if he starts hitting the ball. And so he's a sleeper pick to me. I think that the White Sox, they've got a pretty decent lineup over there. So I, I like the him. White Sox this year, Kev. We're going to talk a lot about them throughout the year. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think the White Sox are a sneaky team this year. Um, but I, so I like that pick. My sleeper pick. And uh, I know we already talked about Homer picks, and I believe this is the only Brewer I have as oh no, just kidding. I have one other one other sleeper in another position, but Rowdy Telez, we talked about it before with being left-handed, right. the shift being gone. He had a, a career season last year. He's gonna the issue that I'm afraid of with Telez is at bats. Um, they brought in Brian Anderson, who might steal some time at first base as well. And uh, so we'll, just, we'll see how that one plays out. But Rowdy had a really good year last year, and I think he will be right there where he was last year and maybe even a little better with the shift being gone, batting average-wise. Um, that could help out some, too. So I go with Telez as my sleeper pick. Okay, I can see that, and it's not that homer of a pick. So Thank you, Kevin. All right, let's get on to third base okay. as time is eluding us. We can take as much as we want, I suppose. But right. uh, third base, similar kind of as, as the last one. Top eight guys are the same, slightly different order. We both agree with the top two, Ramirez, Machado. Ramirez is clearly number one. We don't even have clearly. to argue that one. And he was last year. I ranked overall pick. Yeah, I ranked Machado over him last year. I was stupid. I don't know why I did that. Um, but yeah, Ramirez, for, he's probably going to be the first or maybe second batter off the board in the he's draft. by the fifth pick in any case. He'll be gone before that in our draft. And I don't even know the draft order yet for our league. He'll be gone before the fifth pick. But Machado, I think, is clearly number two. Absolutely. So... And he gives you something that the rest of these guys do not, which is stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he's clearly the number one guy to me. Is, uh, he had 20 stolen bases a year ago. That's something he does every single year. And so for that alone, that puts him – and he's a switch hitter. And yeah. that puts him clearly in the class by himself at the third base position. Yeah. To me – you got to have one of the top six guys on your team um, that we, we both have the same six different order, but you got to have one of these six. I wrote right. about that in my article. You can go look it up if you haven't read it yet. Bellyupfantasysports.com. Yeah, just wait till we're done here before you do that. Yes. Um, Raphael Devers, uh, both you have them three. I have them four. Again, I think we're in the same tier, same category here, everything like that. The thing that scares me about him, right, is his team stinks this year. <laughs> so how will that affect him is kind of, that's my question mark with him. And that's probably why I put Riley over him is I just think the Red Sox aren't going to be very good. Does that scare you at all with Rafael? It, it gave me some pause when I sat there and I was like, well, but, but then I looked at it, this guy, right? Did everything. He'll give you doubles. He had 42 doubles. He, uh, 84 runs. He only struck out 114 times, which is, still up there but it's not 168 or 210 or whatever from like some of these other guys so he will put the bat on the ball and so 30 home runs maybe he won't have 100 rbis because as you mentioned the team's not going to have a lot as many guys on on base and uh but everything's there he yeah. has a let's see uh he has a 301 career batting average of balls in play so he gets on base 
and doesn't have to worry about any, you know, my walk rate or whatever. He puts the ball in play, gets on base. So for that reason, I have him at number three. Um, I like him for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Riley next. He's third on my list, fifth on your list. A phenomenal year last year. Phenomenal. And there's nothing but air, you know, the air up there when it comes to him. <laughs> I like him a lot. I'd be happy to have him on my team. You've got whip four. I've got him six. He did not perform up to what we thought he was going to do last year, but he had good spurts for sure. Plus he gives us some versatility because he's also shortstop eligible. Um, does that play into your ranking at all? It did. It certainly did. Cause I was, he's not a good defensive player. Right. <laughs> so I don't really know what the big difference is between putting a guy at short and putting a guy at third. Cause if you're at third, that puts you closer to the batter. Yeah. Hot, so hot yeah. I'm not too sure about that maneuver, but apparently that's what they're going to do with him. They're going to live with his defense. He's not a guy that you're going to, see you know get taken out in the later stages of a game and he's a guy that if Ramirez give you stolen bases well so will Wit. he'll yeah. give you the stolen bases as a matter of fact let's see he had 30 of them and seven caught stealing a year ago and so and he's young and if we're talking about I, I've never done you know uh, keeper picks or any oh dynasty or any of that in baseball but if you're into that sort of thing then bobby witt's got to go right up to the top of the list yeah yeah oh for sure for sure he scares me again a bad team he didn't meet meet up to the expectations last year he should take a step forward willie's the question so that's why i put him six behind arenado you've got arenado six honestly arenado's a guy that i feel like he might be on all my teams this year. And now that yeah, I say that, he get, won't. Yeah, but. If you can get Nolan Arenado, especially if he does come in at six, sure. you know, and he's still there a little bit later on in your draft, you're going to be, you know, pretty happy with that. This guy, right, every single year, his career, let's see, you know, he's uh, – I've got it here. He has a 290 average of balls in play, so – He'll get on base, and uh, he's only 31. It seems like he's been around since, you know, I was 29 myself. And uh, But once again, a good, solid lineup, professional hitter, gold glover over there. So he's anchored down at third base. So He had 30 home runs last year, five stolen bases. I think he'll get to 10 stolen bases this year. I think we're just going to see everybody with a slide uptick between three to five right. you steals know, more. So yeah, I like I like Arenado a lot. You know, and when I'm talking about home runs, he's had seven straight seasons of thirty or more home runs. Wow! In a full season, so you know that guy, you know, put it down two ninety, thirty homers, hundred RBIs, and you're good. I'm down on Bregman this year, but that only puts him at number eight. <laughs> so, so I'm obviously not <laughs> way down on him. You got him at seven again. Same general area, same that, general category to there. Me where it falls off the mountain once again, even though you've got Henderson up there at number seven, I've got him at number eight. But to me, there's a huge gap in between Bregman and Henderson. Really, Although Henderson is a young guy. And he can he can do some things, but he has to show us 
he can do it over a full sure. season. So you think? Do you think there's a drop off after six to Bregman, or do you think no. Bregman's in that top group? Bregman's in the top group. Okay. Even though he's he's older, and let me see, I got he played 155 games a year ago, and let's see what else: 23 homers, 93 RBIs. Uh, he started slow, so you're probably if you drafted him a year ago, you're like, man, did I, right. you know, yes. did I muck this up? And uh, but he came around and came down a stretch, and so you're like, okay, I'm good to go with him. He had some injury, you know, kind of you know problems, and you know, but 155 games once again, I think he'll be fine this year. And so this might be one of the last years that he's up there in the top ten, but. Uh, this year, go ahead and ride with him. See, and again, I said this earlier. I, I'm kind of down on Houston guys. I don't know why. I'm not an anti-Houston guy. I'm not. I don't care about them cheating any of that kind of stuff. So, I'm not sure why, but I'm down on Houston guys. Um, but Bregman's a guy who's very consistent, um, so he's probably safe. But for me, the drop off is after six, and then there's a drop off, and then you've got two guys, Gunnar Henderson and Alex Bregman. I've got them together. First of all, we're going to talk a lot of Baltimore Orioles this year. Again, they got some Absolutely, young talent. Yeah. There's we already talked about Audley or Adley Rushman. Yeah. And yeah. so there's going to be a lot of that coming. You could be sure about that. Yeah. Um, Gunnar Henderson's going to steal bases. Um, he should hit at least 20 home runs. Uh, so he's going to give you a, a versatility in a couple different places that way. Um, and and I just, to me, I'm high on Gunnar Henderson. And, and I'm expecting. And when it comes to him, the thing that I like about him most is, unlike some of these other guys, he doesn't have a strikeout problem. Yeah, like a lot of young hitters do, because he had 34 strikeouts versus 16 walks when he was up in the major league. So that that gives me some hope for him coming into this season. And once again, if you're in a keeper dynasty league, he's got to go up past some of these other guys. So yeah, and then after number eight, to me, it is a complete drop off. Right, a complete you know, drop off. And I like Ty France, who I have number number nine. But I still think when you're talking about where you're drafting guys at, I'm not taking Ty France anywhere too super early. I mean, no, for me, he qualifies at two positions. Yeah. I'm with you on him. But uh, Jose Miranda is a guy that qualifies also at two different positions. And he's going to, now that Luis Arias, as we talked about earlier, is gone, he's going to be in their lineup most, you know, every day now. And so, and Minnesota's lineup is going to be pretty decent. It so yeah. that's why if you want to talk about a guy that has – and I have him down as my best value, even though he's in my top ten. Because sure. he's not ranked in anybody else's top ten, I don't believe. So he's a guy that you could wait around a little bit on and wind up with him on your roster. And I think you'll be pretty happy with that. And uh, when it comes to – Max Muncie, I had to, you know, pretty much be wrestled to the ground to be putting him in there at number 10. I think that if, if we could talk about a second bust, I don't have it down as a bust, but he has all the potential to be bust to me. And uh, even though he's the only thing that's got him in my top 10 is he's also second base qualified. Okay. And so if you've got a guy that's second base, third base, and DH, because yep. we've got a DH slot in our league. Mm-hmm. And so that is the only, and he's a left-handed hitter. That's the only reasons why I have him in my top 10, even though 
I'm a Dodger guy. And, and like I said, you had, I had to be wrestled to the ground to put him <laughs> at top 10. I got Chapman as 10. I, I had a hard time figuring out who number 10 was going to be as well. Um, Chapman's one of those guys I've had him on my team and he's given me enough to be serviceable, but he would have to be my second third baseman and not my first. I mean, I've got to have if one of those. If he's your first third baseman, your team is weak. You're in trouble. You're, You're in trouble. trouble. That means you've been all pitchers to start. Um, right. Yeah, so I got Chapman. Again, he's serviceable, but is he great? No, I'm not happy to have him necessarily. No. Either, I so. had him a couple of years ago when he was still on Oakland, and I was happy. And I was certainly happy the next year when I didn't get him. <laughs> and it's been it's been a he's slid off the mountain ever since then. And um, I have him down as my bust. Okay. And uh, because you just look at it, two forty nine, right? And um, he's a right handed hitter, as we talked about with Toronto. So sh shifting and all that's not going to help him one iota. And um, you look at this. <laughs> He, it just doesn't, 170 strikeouts. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Right? Strikeouts is definitely painful. Yeah. And, and especially, like we said, if you're in a points league, that's deadly. 170 strikeouts versus 68 walks. I abhor people that strike out 100 or more times than they walk. And so I want nothing to do with Matt Chapman on my team. Your number, my number 10 guy is your bus. Your number 10 guy is my bus, Max Muncy. Uh, okay. But you already explained why he's my bus when you talked about why he could be your bus. So I won't have to go into detail there. Who's your sleeper, though, for third base? Third base is I was, uh, Miranda is my sleeper, as I said, even though I have him at number nine. And, uh, but he's a guy that's ranked by fantasy pros way down on the list. Yeah. And so he's a guy that you could wait around for and wind up with a guy that, that qualifies at first and third. And uh, I like him. And because of that value, if it wasn't for the value, if Fantasy Pros had him ranked higher, I probably wouldn't put him on my top 10 list. But he's not. So that's why I have him as my value. My sleeper pick is a guy named Josh Young. Spelled like Jung, but it's Josh right. Young, yep. it's just Rangers, yep. third baseman. I wrote about him in one of my articles, you know, second-year uh, players that, that could really spring forward this year. This is a guy you can get into the draft um, very, very late, and I think it's going to pay off. He, he's not going to be huge, right? He's not going to be like breakout potential necessarily, but I think he's going to pay off, again, as a second, third baseman on your team, uh, a guy that's there that you can throw in there if someone gets injured, things like that, and a guy that throughout the season, as the season goes on, I think will improve and uh, and has a lot of potential this year to be a very serviceable third baseman, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, great opportunity there. Uh, I like Josh Young um, at that spot at third base. So, yeah. The only thing that gives me pause with him is because he struck out like 75% of the time, almost it seemed like. Yeah. And uh, so he needs to cut that down. And, uh, but, you know, it was his first year and it wasn't even a full year. Right. Oh, yeah. So, it was very little. Yeah. 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 He came up late in the year, but he's going to be in the Rangers lineup every day. And he did hit some balls where you just sit there and you marvel 
Wow. He hit yeah. that ball. Most so, people yeah. think he's going to be over 20 home runs this season. Um, if he's so, not over 20 home runs, then, then he goes right to my bust category. If he goes under, is that what you mean? No, he's got to be over. Or yeah. else he's a bust. Uh, or else he's a bust because he's going to strike out. Right. We know <laughs> yes. that. We talked about 170 times. That's probably his target. Yeah. So if he strikes out 170 times and doesn't hit 20 home runs, then that will kill your fantasy team. Definitely. Definitely. But again, if you get him at the end of the draft, it doesn't kill you as far as, you know, you're taking a swing at him, right? It's not a right. guy you're going to reach for, but you're going to take a swing at him late. And if it doesn't pay off in the first couple of weeks, you get rid of them and move on, move on to the next thing. Uh, next week, we are going to be looking at the middle infielder. So we'll look at second base and shortstop. I'm excited to talk about those positions. I got some players I love in both of those positions. So I'll be talking about those uh, next Sunday, live, 8 p.m. Especially as we've talked about shortstop is a deep position. So yeah. I'm sure we'll have some guys to discuss, and it'll be interesting to see who we each have as our best candidate at shortstop. Yep, and I like any of my top ten I like. I'd be happy with any of them. Uh, and I've already told you I, I want Willie Adamas, but I'm happy with any of, the, of my top ten. Uh, and second base, uh, I'm happy with my top two. <laughs> so so we'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week, though. <laughs> Uh, all right, Kevin Wilson at Kevin six two W I L S E A on Twitter. He gives he gives That's all right. kinds of opinions, fancy opinions of all types, sports opinions of all types as well. Um, but you can always find his writings every single week on BellyUpFantasySports.com, uh, the most consistent Belly Up Fantasy writer there is, both football and baseball as well. Um, and so Kevin's always he kind of leads the way over there with Dan Mater on the fantasy side of things uh, for Belly Up Sports. Uh, Kevin, of course, you've probably been watching the videos, pitchers and catchers throwing. You hear that that ball hitting the glove. Oh man! Uh, I think next I'm year, jazzed. I am jazzed up. Next year, Belly Up needs to send us to spring training. That's they what do. I'm going to work yeah, on that. So, so Dan, Mike, Blaine, yeah. you're watching yeah. this, right? And you know they are. Put yeah. it down because yeah. you, you know, you're in Kentucky, so you go to Florida, right? No, 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 no. I have to go to Arizona. That's where the yeah, Brewers well, are. Well, if you go to Arizona, then we could hook up together yeah. and yeah we'll and, meet up we'll do some and, shows yeah uh, and so uh you know we get just some need, credentials going on who knows yeah. what we, we could come across we just need belly up to pay for our hotels uh That's right. <laughs> so we'll take care of the rest we just need to take care of our hotels um, so you go, blaine mike dan yeah. you heard it here first make it happen that's right please we'll say please that's right. um but uh and then you follow that's me right. you have to go to arizona because that's where the brewers are correct yes yeah, uh, follow me at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram, actually, as well. Um, I've got a new show coming out Wednesday. It'll be live. Uh, me and my dad talk sports for there. We'll not have a local hour episode this week, but typically I've got an episode that comes out on Fridays covering EKU sports and uh, had a good interview with starting center fielder Ron Franklin Jr. last week. And uh, always enjoy having athletes from EKU on to talk about those things. And then, like I said, next Sunday we're covering second base and shortstop. We'll have a new guest on next week as well and a new fantasy burner topic to bring you also from there. Make sure you visit bellyupfantasysports.com for all the latest and greatest fantasy sports. I see it all the time. People asking questions. Hey, where's the, you know, what's the best podcast? You just saw it just right here. So put that word out to all your fellow fantasy baseball, you know, 
regulars and the guys in your league and all that, this is what you need right here. Right? We got it. And then go to bellyupfantasy.com, and there's your, you know, and anything you could possibly ask for. Because we got a guy named Ian. That dude is hot, and he's got articles. Vince, you've got articles. I've got articles. So we've got you covered. Got you covered. You know who else has us covered? Righteous Felon Jerky. Righteousfelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. Is that like the greatest, one of the greatest names you ever heard of? Righteous Felon? Righteous Felon's a good name. That's a great name. name. It is a good name. So I've tried, I've had two different orders. Um, I'm, you haven't you haven't bought any yet, correct? No, I have not. Um, I need to find one that won't put me in the hospital. Okay. So their barbecue one is phenomenal. I mean, okay. phenomenal. Love it, love it, love it. But what I love the most about Righteous Felon Jerky is their the texture of the jerky is really, really good. Um, so anyways, I've tried five flavors so far. Um, and maybe next week I'll break them down. I'll rank those along with our second okay. basic short stop. Is that a hot barbecue no. order? Okay, no, so that not. might be my foray into the Righteous Felon. Definitely. You know, now, I had Habanero Escobar. Uh, this week as a flavor that's got kicked to it for sure. Um, and it was really good too, though. And then I tried the street taco flavored beef stick and uh, that was really good as well. Okay. So, so there you go. They got lots of things there. Go, go visit them. Righteousfelon.com. And when you order belly up as your promo code, get you 15% off your purchase. And it lets them know that you heard about them from us as well. So we surely appreciate that too. That's right. All right, Kev. Another yeah. week down, another week closer. Another week closer to game. actual, like I said, Friday is right. the first spring game that as for the Rangers. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing spring games for other teams before that, but by Friday, teams will be in action. I think the 24th is the first spring training game, uh, which is Thursday, maybe. Um, That's right, Friday. Yeah, yeah so, so it's all so coming up. It is Friday. Okay. All coming up right there for you. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. He's Kevin Wilson. I'm Vince Stover. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.